Having car problems? Well, with Rhoda, getting them fixed is as easy as ordering takeout. They'll come pick up your car for free, do any repair or maintenance needed, and return it right to your driveway. They'll even give you a complimentary video inspection of your car so you can see what needs to be done. Perfect for those of us that maybe aren't so car savvy. Book your appointment online at roda.com. And lucky for you, CityCast listeners get a 20% discount on any service for up to $100 off. Just use the code CityCast20. Today on CityCast DC, it's Turkey Week, and on Wednesday, we're going to have a delightful little episode for you all about the turkeys who get pardoned every year, how they're chosen, the luxurious lives they lead, and their hobbies. But today, we're talking bookstores. Now, everybody knows that winter is the best season to curl up with a book, and bookstores are the coziest place to do that. Coraline Magwagad has made it her mission to visit every single bookstore in DC, and she's here to share which one should be on the top of your list. It's Monday, November 21st, 2022. I'm Bridget Todd, and this is CityCast DC. So, Corey, thank you so much for being here today. You've been to more than 10 bookstores across the city. This is probably a question you get a lot. Which one is your favorite? I think my favorite is so far that I've been to Second Story Books in DuPont Circle. Um, It's a used bookstore. It's actually the first bookstore I ever went to in D.C. when I first moved here five years ago, so I think it's mostly nostalgic. But I've also found some really great books there for a good price. Like I found Queen Rania of Jordan's memoir signed for like $10. So uh, it's a good one. When you walk in, it just feels like not to be Harry Styles right now. It just feels like a bookstore. You know, my favorite thing about the movie is like, it feels like a like a movie. But it has a lot <laughs> It of... feels like a movie. Exactly, exactly. But I think like it has a lot of rare books, which is great. And a lot of old books. They've got antique prints. The shelves are really crowded. It's a used bookstore. There's enough space. It's not like Capitol Hill books where you kind of are going to knock down a stack of books if you turn too quickly. But it just feels like a magical bookstore in the city. It's nice and quiet. It's kind of off the circle, so it's not too noisy. It's just a great place to wander, and I could spend literally hours there. Yeah, so it just has that classic bookstore vibe. And I guess, what do you think makes a good bookstore? I think there's a lot of things. I think one of the best parts about bookstores is that they, especially indie bookstores, are really active members in their community. So anything that has book, any bookstore that has book clubs, talks with authors is really great. But I think my favorite part of a really good bookstore is unique staff recommendations. A lot Mm. of really popular authors get really heavy publishing or publicity budgets. And so they get pushed on the internet and on book talk, especially like the same 10 books are recommended over and over. And so having unique suggestions from booksellers of books that I haven't heard of or stories that are interesting, but not necessarily hyped on the internet is really 
special because then I get to find something that I never would have found if I didn't go into that bookstore. Absolutely. For people who are not familiar with book talk, it's like TikTok, but for book recommendations. And it really, I mean, I love book talk, but it really is the same handful of books. Like I only, for the most part, read books written by non-men. And so if you're looking for non-male writers, it's like the same five books. And yeah, I get it. My year of rest and relaxation, like that's the book. Or like Boy Parts, that's the book. Like it can be so hard to break out of the recommendation cycle of just the same five popular authors or the same five popular books. Yeah, exactly. And a lot of the books hyped on Book Talk are also by white authors. And in DC, there are a lot of BIPOC and LGBT owned bookstores. And so there are books written by people of color that are recommended more in the bookstores than on Book Talk. Yeah, that's something I love about the DC book scene as well. What are some other things that you would say make DC's book scene stand out and make it special and set it apart from other cities? I think the same thing that kind of makes DC set apart from other cities, each neighborhood is really unique and fun. And all of the bookstores that are in different neighborhoods coincide with the community and the neighborhood that they reside in. East City Bookshop is Black-owned on 8th Street, which kind of fits the vibe there. Little District Books is new. They opened this summer in Barracks Row, which is a historically LGBTQ safe space, safe neighborhood. And they're an LGBTQ plus owned bookstore and focused bookstore. But I also think that there are just so many, like, unique so there's like the lgbt focus there's capitol hill books which is really famous it's like a house filled with books but they're also famous on twitter and so they're really witty on twitter they're really witty in the bookstore Mm -hmm. i will say capitol hill books their twitter account like got me through covid they're funny like quips about people not wearing masks in the stores like a time that was very heavy they brought a kind of levity and like wittiness to the online discourse that Frankly, I think we really needed. So definitely feel you on this idea of bookstores adding this, I don't know, this unique dynamic to how we experience neighborhoods. Yes, definitely. And I think it's a really great way to explore new neighborhoods is you like make it a day, you go to a bookstore, you try a new restaurant, you try a coffee shop, whatever. And then you can, you know, experience a neighborhood that you may not have been to necessarily, or you can check a bunch of things off of your list of things that you're meaning to try that are not in your immediate vicinity. When was the last time you went to the theater? Well, we have a new show for you to check out. The Gala Theater in Columbia Heights is showing the political musical comedy Museum in the Closet, Avida's Return which follows Argentine icon Eva Perón to the afterlife as her preserved corpse ignites political scandals, clandestine affairs, and mysterious murders. The show is full of samba, reggae, and tango that will have you tapping your feet nonstop. The show is in Spanish with English surtitles and will run from May 9th through June 9th. Get your tickets now at galatheater.org or call 202-234-7174. Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. 
pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. As you can maybe can see behind me, I have a large stack of books behind me, so definitely have a bit of a book problem. When you're doing all of this, what you're describing as popping into neighborhoods, experiencing new neighborhoods via the bookstore, how could we do that without buying out the entire store, having an apartment full of books that you really don't need when you haven't even read the one that you bought last week? How can we do this without breaking the bank or filling our apartment with books? I feel like I'm not the best person to ask. You can't see it from my background, but I have four full bookshelves in my studio apartment. So I definitely have too many books. I have too many unread books. I think book buying and book reading are two different hobbies. I mean, one thing that I do a lot is I'll buy gifts for friends as a way to support the local bookstore, but not necessarily feed into my TBR that's ever growing. I think I like bookstores because there's a vibe to it that you don't necessarily have to purchase something in order to get the benefits of being in the space. And then I will also just add all the books that I want to buy to a list and eventually I'll get them or I'll read them from the library or something. But it takes a lot of self-control not to go into insane amounts of credit card debt. Yeah. And it's interesting. There aren't that many spaces in cities where you can get the benefits of those spaces without necessarily engaging in commerce directly. And I do think that bookstores is one of the things on that list. Yeah, definitely. One thing that I've really enjoyed about my adventures on TikTok is I feel like I'm supporting the bookstores without necessarily having to buy anything because I'm sharing the love and then other people will go and they'll financially contribute to the bookstore. So why do you think it's important that we, you know, really support and save local bookstores in D.C.? I think it's the same with any local business of just they have fewer resources for advertising or like mass shipment or anything like that. I mean, a lot of bookstores do ship, but local businesses don't have the same power that like Amazon or even Barnes & Noble has just to accumulate a lot of buyership and get things out really quickly. But they have community events. A lot of bookstores in D.C. as well will give back to the community with different literacy projects. So I know Mahogany Books, which is in southeast D.C., and there's one on National Harbor as well. They have literacy programs specifically targeted to communities of color. And so I think supporting bookstores with strong missions like that and also just if the bookstores go out, then you lose that like piece of magic that's in the city. and the uniqueness of all the different people that work there that really make bookstores. Oh, absolutely. I mean, do you see your work chronicling these stores on TikTok as kind of also chronicling that unique magic that these bookstores bring to the community? Yeah, I mean, looking back at my TikToks, like, I always find something unique to say about a bookstore because all of them are different, even if they're selling the same books, even if you know, they're in the same neighborhood. They all have something unique to offer, even just like the space and the way that browsing works or the way that books are categorized is really interesting. So what is the response to your series on TikTok been like? It's been really great. I didn't think that that many people would 
be interested because, I mean, people live in D.C. and bookstores are everywhere. And a lot of the places that I go have been recommended by people who have commented on my TikTok. It's kind of weird because people will send my TikToks to my friends and then my friends will be like, oh, someone sent me your TikTok. And I'm like, oh, that's so weird. Um, But it's been (laughs) great. I mean... Again, I've been given lots of recommendations that I wouldn't necessarily prioritize because there are so many, so many stores. And then some other stores like on the outskirts, like Northern Virginia and Maryland, which I probably wouldn't have gotten to. But there have been so many recommendations, too, that I have to now go out of my way to go visit them. Have the stores ever responded to your TikToks? Yes, there was one Little District Books. They found my TikTok and then told me to come and that was really fun. But again, they're new. And so it was great to see a brand new bookstore and help. They're a really small business. It's a really, really small space, but they were great. And I enjoyed and hopefully got people interested in a bookstore that, you know, was new and they might not have heard of yet. Oh, I mean, I've discovered new bookstores that I didn't even know about in the city from your TikTok, so I'm sure that is happening. I guess I'm curious, like, how did you even come up with this project as a series to spotlight? Okay, so I've lived and studied abroad a bunch. And so one of the ways that I would get myself, like, into the cities that I was living in abroad and break that, I guess, nervousness of not knowing what to do in a city by going to bookstores. And I've lived in the district for about five years now and again realized that there are a lot of neighborhoods that I haven't ventured out to yet and I love bookstore hopping a lot of the times I'll do a couple bookstores in a day just for the fun of it what's the most bookstores you've ever been to in a day the most in DC has been three but for my birthday last year I went to New York City and I did 10 bookstores in one day which is a little a little insane, but I <laughs> I was only in New York for like three days and New York is another city with a lot of bookstores. And so I've tried to do as many as I as many as I could before I had to leave. Ten in one day. That's that's a that's a full day. It is. It's just a way to fill a day. And there's always something new to discover, especially if you look in the sections that you don't really read in. There's a book for everything. And it's insane the amount of books that there are in the world and kind of sad that I'm not going to be able to read all of them. Has anything about chronicling these bookstores in DC surprised you? Other than the response like just how excited people are that I'm visiting bookstores or how excited people get to visit the bookstores but I think the most surprising thing is that I haven't gotten bored of it and each bookstore has something unique to offer and Again, some of the responses are fun, even from my friends of someone had seen my TikTok on East City Bookshop, which was great. I also stumbled upon a dog adoption event that they were having that day. But anyway, she said that she went onto their website after seeing my TikTok and then found an author event through that. And she was like, it made my whole day. And that's all thanks to you. And so, I mean, I'm not surprised, but I am surprised of just how much joy these bookstores are bringing to people without them even visiting the store necessarily. And just kind of seeing this resurgence of popularity of books and people coming out of college and rediscovering their love of reading is just always great to see. Oh, I love that. I love that so much. I guess let's say that someone is new to the city. They're new to D.C. bookstores. You have like a D.C. bookstore starter pack. Like these are the stores I would recommend just to get into the D.C. bookstore scene. Yes, I think 
hitting all of the like quote-unquote basic bookstores especially for DC would be a great place to start so like Kramer's in DuPont politics and prose there's one in Chevy Chase one on the wharf and one in Union Market Capitol Hill Books obviously is just an experience and then whatever neighborhood you're in I think finding like your local go-to bookstore is always important I live in Adams Morgan, so I go to Lost City Books all the time. I'll walk my dog there, and then she gets to get some free pets from other people, and I get to browse. So (laughs) just finding that space where you'll walk there, and when you need a gift or a special treat for yourself, just the place that you'll probably frequent the most. Oh, thanks so much for being here, Corey. You just described a perfect weekend afternoon, so I hope folks... Go out there and take advantage. Yes, thanks for having me. And before you go, here's some quick news. Last week, the D.C. Council agreed to decriminalize street vending without a license as part of its overhaul of the city criminal code. But it won't take effect until 2025. So dozens of public witnesses, including some street vendors, spoke at a council public hearing pushing for action before the end of the year. They say the city needs to regulate sidewalk zones to protect vendors' rights. Now, we discussed this issue in a recent Friday Roundup, and we'll link to it in our show notes. Meanwhile, travel writer Lucas Wall is trying to set a new Guinness World Record for the fastest time to travel to all D.C. metro stations. The previous record was just under eight hours, but the new Silver Line stations have wiped that slate clean. Wall will start at the Ashburn station and end at the Franconia Springfield station. That's all for today here on CityCast DC. And if you enjoyed today's show, tell your bookworm friends. We'll be back tomorrow morning with even more news from around the city. Talk to you then. Meanwhile, travel writer Lucas Wall is trying to set a new Guinness World Record for the fastest time travel to all D- time to travel, sorry. <laughs>